0: Hello everybody, welcome to this week's podcast. Hope you are doing well. Today we're talking about Victor Hovland, 24 year old Norwegian, absolute top class golfer, Pierce one last week in Mexico. And we thought, well, what? look, what can we share with you guys? What can you learn from this guy? Cause he's a very impressive guy. Hits the golf ball really, really far. Um, great attitude on the golf course. So we're going to pick out five things that you can learn and that you can really apply, really, or think about in your game that can hopefully help you become a better golfer.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, look, he's definitely one of the new breed, and you look at the new breed of golfers now. They all hit it well. They're all athletic. They're not that bothered about how their golf swing looks. That that kind of has gone now. And he is... It's really exciting to see what he's going to do. I mean, he was great in the Ryder Cup.
0: I mean, against Morikawa, another promising young guy who (laughs) just absolutely... (laughs) rips it just a real again real mentally as you said Pierce there's this new breed who just come on tour now on the PGA Tour and they just win ready they don't have to sort of earn their stripes if you like they just get onto tour ready to win and certainly Victor Hovland people like Matthew Wolf and Morikawa those three are standing out to to be guys who are obviously challenging for majors certainly Morikawa's done that but Wolf and um, Hovland I certainly think that they're going to be um, major contenders as well. Indeed. So let's go through five things that you can learn, that you can apply, that Victor Hovland does, that we think will be massively helpful. Right, first thing is, he smiles when things go wrong. I watched a bit of the golf yesterday, and me and you, Pierce, who really are, are into the sort of um, the mindset and mm-hmm. how we present ourselves and 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 we are on the golf course, we'll look at and notice these small subtleties. And he hits a bad shot, and you often see him smiling. And I think the reason that that we love this is because, first of all, many amateur golfers don't do this. They're swearing or throwing, <laughs> their, throwing their clubs around, completely opposite of what we want to do. But when we understand really the, the, how the mind and how the body are very linked, if we can control what we do with our physiology, it changes the way we feel and changes the way we think. And it's very hard to be pissed off mm. if you're smiling. Uh. Just,
1: I think I'm annoyed you just said a naughty word, Andrew. <laughs> well, i have
0: to say it because it, had, it had, yeah. had the emphasis, <laughs> it, doesn't it? Yes, it had the a impact. Emphasis, a lot of golfers have been there. Yep. So when things go wrong on the golf course, which they do every single time we go out, mm-hmm. how we deal with that, how we, how we react after a bad shot, a poor shot, or whatever bad luck may be, is really important for our state, how we feel, and then how we carry on from there. So Victor Hovland, I think he's just brilliant at this. I've seen him shank a shot and he's smiling and laughing because it's very hard to be in that state of being frustrated and annoyed when you actually change your physiology and smile. So I think it's a great point to take home, Piers. Yeah. it takes practice and I'm sure this yes. is something that he, I mean, he enjoys it out there, we, we see that, but I think it's just brilliant to see. I love seeing him do that. Do uh, you,
1: you know what I think is what is, is true talent then in this is if we actually just keep tracking back further as coaches were always thinking of this, but I think it's just his awareness. So his awareness is that, probably at some point, someone has told him that if you are peed off when you're about to play a shot, it's not going to help, uh, help your game, help your performance. And I think there's a little bit of a character thing there as well, because we've spent, you know, Aaron nearly killed him in the practice round at, at uh, the PGA, nearly landed one in his pocket. Um, but he was smiling all the time through that. So I think yeah. naturally for him, that's his character. But I think, what he, as I say, he has this awareness that if he is in a good state about, when about to play a shot, he has got more chance of succeeding. And I think you need to ask yourself this. When you hit a bad shot, you do have a choice. If you, you do not fall into the trap of, oh, I get emotional, I get upset, and that's the way I deal with it. No, you still have a choice. So if you can say to yourself now, have the awareness that Victor has where you go, do you know what? I'm going to make the decision now when I go out and play next that every time I hit a bad shot, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to make a joke or I'm just going to smile or I'm just going to say something about that. And I think that'd be very powerful for you. And I know we're going to talk about his short game a little bit later, but he was very open about his short game, about how crap it was. He was open, and we'll talk about it more later maybe, but saying that, look, my short game is really bad, but I'm working at it. And he was open about that as well. And I think sometimes that's a really good way to look at things. Don't be... Don't be afraid to make that choice to actually laugh when you hit a bad shot.
0: There we go, I think make that an intention. As Pierce said, next time you're on the golf course, focus on what you do post shot. And it's amazing what you can actually do and how it can change the way you feel. How you move your body and the language that you use, the words that you say, massively impact your performance and how you feel. So take control of that. Okay, the second point that you can learn from-
1: Plus you'll have more fun. Exactly, you can <laughs> enjoy it more.
0: Second point you can learn from Victor Hovland is, he moves a lot. Now, what, the, what we're gonna say with this is that the majority of golfers who come for coaching don't move that much. Now, what we mean by that is a lot of them are thinking that they need to keep things still. I need to keep the legs still. I need to keep my head still. I need to swing this, I need to swing slower. I, I, everything that they do tends to be more of a restriction. Yep. Now, when we see golfers, we aren't necessarily trying to get them to move less we're trying to get them to move sometimes more and often just better. Now when you look at Victor Hovland's golf swing, as Pierre said at the start, he's from a new breed who cares less about what it looks like and trying to hit certain points in the swing. If you look at his golf swing, it's all over the place. He whips it inside, it's a cross line at the top, he rotates down, loads on the downswing. There's a hell of a lot of movement Mm. there. But he gets the job done and you can see the freedom in his golf swing. I almost look at his golf swing pace and I sort of think back to Arnold Palmer. It was just really free and a lot of movement going on with the lower body and it just looks quite natural even though it doesn't necessarily look that pretty with where he is. And I'm just gonna stand up here. For the members who are watching this, you'll sort of see some of the good things that Victor does. If you listen to this, then you obviously you can't see this, but what I'm doing is I'm really standing and showing what the lower body does, because this is crucial. A lot of amateurs can learn from this. As Victor swings back, he straightens this right leg a lot in the back swing and really creates a big hip turn really early in the golf swing. So he's not thinking, okay, I need to keep the leg still and, and swing slow here. He starts by actually straightening the leg and allowing the hips to turn And he has a huge turn piece, doesn't Mm, he? On the way back, he really creates a good pivot motion on the way back. But this creates the space in the downswing for them to him to to find that slot that he gets into really, really well through impact. He's so good through the golf Mm -hmm. ball, but what he does on the on the way back really sets him up. So, if you even just go and take a look at some of the swings of Victor and certainly for a lot, the majority of amateur golfers out there who struggle with hip turn, the amount of lessons me and Pierce give mm. on actually creating a better hip motion, you watch Victor Hovland and you emulate some of the movements and how this right leg works and how the hips work in the backswing, it will help you not only create a slightly longer backswing um, and more of a rotation, it will help you with the delivery of the swing plane and also distance as well. The one other thing that i really love about him on the way through as well is that you watch how free his head is on the way through how through the golf ball his head is almost following the flight of the golf ball he doesn't stay down for a long time he really opens up so there's so much value in moving a lot but moving in a in a better way and i think he's a great example of that doesn't look pretty in terms of what the club's doing but how he moves his whole body through the golf swing is brilliant i think
1: yeah and, and that, that, you know, the golf swing is just something that needs to be relatively consistent and relatively repeatable. And as we know now, distance is really important. And he obviously has got that. It's interesting. One thing I'll maybe just add to that is that uh, it's an interesting story about Victor, about how he learned how to play golf and how to swing a golf club, which actually through watching YouTube, a lot of it. So uh, you, do you know this? Yeah, 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 He knows, yeah. So I'll be interested to know what well, he was watching. Channel, yeah, yeah, well, of course, yeah, me and my golf from the beginning, obviously. But um, I'm... I'd I'll be interested to find out what he was watching and who he was watching you know was he watching tiger woods or did he even see like you said you mentioned arnold palmer you know some of the classic swings was he able to look at their golf swings and go well there was a lot more freedom back then with that lower body on the backswing and i think if you're an amateur golfer allow freedom in the lower body in your backswing and you're going to create the room that you need in the downswing period
0: i, I love watching his him swing yeah. Just just for the freedom, just the, the, the natural athleticism. I wouldn't say natural athleticism because it obviously works at it, but it looks very natural without being so position-oriented. Yeah. And I certainly think we're into a phase of golf that's getting less about what it looks like and more about, well, how does it perform and how we, can we keep it working, functional? You
1: have, you have to look at launch monitors a little bit on this as well because launch monitors don't show off a golf swing. They just they just tell you about optimal ball flights and that. And I think that has a lot to do with it now. The Launch monitors are having more of a play on you know, does the shot work? Well, actually the flight scope says that you're hitting good shots here. I'm looking at your golf swing and going, it's a bit funky, but yeah. okay, I better trust the flight scope because it's saying it's repeatable. Yeah,
0: the ball is the only thing that matters really. Hi everyone, Andy here, just letting you know about something that we've created just for you. Meandmygolf.com is our membership platform that we believe is the best resource out there to improve your golf. And one of the questions that we get asked all the time is what's the difference between YouTube and the website? And the main difference being is that sometimes people can get lost in content on YouTube and not really having a clear structure or plan of where to go. So we wanted to create something that was was really going to help golfers. We've got over a thousand uh, coaching videos on there, but our main thing or main feature on there are the coaching plans. And we've seen some amazing results from these plans. And these are basically carefully designed plans on all areas of the game so you don't have to think or worry about what to do. We tell you exactly what to practice each week and whether you're looking to break a certain score, fix a slice, improve your putting or short game, we have a plan that will suit you. We're even staggered at some of the results that golfers are getting from these as well and we even have a private Facebook group where all of our members go and share experiences and support each other. Real nice place, positive place to be. And we'd love to see you over there and have the chance to help you with your game so make sure you head over to meandmygolf.com and check out your free trial with no obligations to join check it out and see if you can find a plan and become a part of this amazing community okay third point here is clubface clubface in his golf swing is actually quite strong mm. i want to say strong on the show on the camera again for the people who are watching this the clubface at the top of the golf swing is facing the sky now look why is this a good thing why is this a good thing because when you have a face that's strong or looks a little closed, somebody like DJ, it makes you move the body more. If you've got a club face that's a little bit strong, you need to actually fire the body, work it hard, rotate, so the club doesn't close. Now, when you're an amateur golfer, or, or amateur golfers tend to have more of an open face where the club or the toe of the club is hanging down, the issue that you've got when you've got an open face, it does the opposite, it switches the whole body off you don't really fire the lower body. You can't really engage and rotate that well. And then you produce a weak ball flight because the loft is on the golf club. So what we would say is look, look at what the club face does. You, I mean, let's look at a few players, Pierce, John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson. Um,
1: oh, he's stuck.
0: No, I was just going to say, no, Victor Hovland. You look at these guys and you see there's a, there's a common thread with these guys and they move their body extremely well. Mm. But if they didn't have that club face in a strong position, they wouldn't move as well. Mm. And I think for a lot, of, a lot of amateur golfers, you listening to this, make sure, actually gave one of our friends a, a lesson on Saturday uh, Saturday night, Rob Miller. Rob oh, Miller yeah. was really struggling. He says, I, I just need you to look at me. So he we went down the range. He's working on trying to get more lag in the downswing. He's okay. like, I need more lag, need more lag. He's worried about the shaft, blah, blah, blah. I watched him hit one shot. <laughs> and the face was all over the place. The face was so open and he's trying to get more lag. So, if you're, I think the point that we really want to get out of this is that most golfers aren't really thinking about the club face in the swing. Mm. They're thinking about the bigger stuff, the shaft, the body movement, which is all important, but the face really is probably one of the overriding factors. If you're not thinking about that, maybe it's worth some attention. If you're getting a lot of curvature on the shot, check the face. It can massively help you, help everything else in terms of your body motion as well.
1: Start with the club face, it is king.
0: Okay, next one, Pierce, is. He hits it hard and he commits to it I, <sighs> think, I think that there's just so much value in just i look at him he hit a nine nine or a, a wedge, and he just absolutely he just hits it really hard doesn't
1: he i mean yeah he does he does everything is is like you say it's hit hard i mean he has the ability to to knock down a clubs I know that for i've seen that I've seen him knock down shots where he's like got a seven nine and he takes five yards off it ten yards off it, which every good player can do but yeah it, it is now as though he's totally into the physical nature of the game. I think there's one thing that, uh, I think it was Sean Cox, the head pro at uh, Grand Amaro, had a theory on this, saying that the modern generation of golfers now have grown up with big 460 size, CC size, driver heads. So they, there's no problem with just standing up there and just whacking it. So you've got this big head, go out there and hit it hard and then learn how to hit it straighter after that. And I think that's, what, that's why he's in this mode. And again, we just know now that if you are further down the fairway, yes, you've got more chance of missing that fairway, but the shot that you have left will be shorter. It means that you've got more chance of... If, would you rather have a 9-iron out the rough or a 5-iron out the fairway? Majority of people are going to say 9-iron out the rough all day long. So I think it's just a mindset that is very prevalent now. It's something we've tried to do with Aaron for the last probably... Eight years, nine years is is yeah. it's been a focus on distance, and he's getting to a point now where he's he's pretty decent. He's above average now, and I think if, if for a mindset for anyone for you listening to this and thinking, well, if I try and hit it hard or I try and hit the golf ball a long way, you know, I don't, um, I'm going to lose consistency. Well, if you haven't tried it, then you may as well go out there first and try it before you make that decision. And I think the key is just intention. One thing I will add to that as well is that I'm better when I'm hitting it hard. If I try and hit it soft, actually for me, I lose a little bit of control. So you need yeah. to figure out which player you are in that regard.
0: And, and I think there's just the, the element of commitment that I see in that as yeah. well. Not necessarily as well, okay, you need to try and hit it as far as you can. It's well, once you've made the decision on your shot, I always remember when we had Bernd Wiesberger on here, him and his um, coach would say he would have the um, JFHI, just flip and hit it. <laughs> so once you've made the commitments, once, sorry, once you've ch- um, had your selection, this is the club, this is the distance, there's the spot, this is the shot shape, whatever it might be, just hit it and then fully commit to the shot. Don't get up there and think, right, well, now I've got to try and just steer it into that spot. Really, what I see with Victor is he hits it far, but he really commits to it. He's mm-hmm. made his decision and he just goes all out and then the shot is the result is the result. He's not backing off or trying to steer it anywhere or guide it, he's like, right, this is the shot, bang, commit to it, so.
1: And, and a lot of that comes down to your routine as well. Exactly. Once you're about to move into hitting the shot, you're deciding to hit the shot, don't second guess it, don't try and, is it a different yardage, or did I check the wind properly? Yeah. If you haven't got that information, back off, get the information you need, and then get in, and then like Sandy says, just boom, go for it. Go all in. And then oh. if you got it wrong, that's fine, yeah. learn from that. But get it, get, it, get it wrong by hitting a good shot, at least. Yeah, Don't hit a bad shot as a result of second-guessing it.
0: Okay, final point. is He's worked at an area that he knew that was a weak point. So there was no... like You mentioned at the start, Pearson, about his short game. He knew from stats that his short game was poor. And this last weekend, his short game demonstrated was just brilliant. He, he just showed that he'd really worked hard at that. And that he worked hard with a coach called Jeff Smith from the States... Remember seeing him hit some
1: shots we at PGA, met, yeah, PGA we met him and just for first some really person.
0: nice wedge shots to, to some flags. It was like really impressive. So he's worked hard at an area that he knows needed to be better. And I think for, for amateur golfers, understanding what actually is letting you down, what's the area in your game that's letting you down that you need to work on that will make a significant difference in your scores, in your, in your enjoyment on the golf course as well. But don't guess it. Most golfers come to us and we say... How can we help you? Oh, my, my chipping's fine, my putting's fine. I need to get my driving better, that'll change everything. We see him on the golf course and we go, Wow, if we work at your putting and chipping, we are going to save so many shots. So, this is where we probably say, Well, look, start understanding your numbers and maybe start looking at some stats somewhere mm-hmm. just so you can start to gather information about your round. So, you're not guessing and you might be surprised. You know, we've looked at Aaron's and in the past and go, well, Actually, we were surprised with some of the numbers there when we really knew the details, and then that shapes your practice, and then your practice shapes your improvement. So I think one of the impressive things, just seeing his improvement on his short game, but he's not guessing it. He's no. knowing that that's a significant area in his game that it can really make a big difference uh, on.
1: Uh, look, all of these players now, I think, bar a couple, will have somebody who is at least telling somebody in their team, this is what this player is doing. So this is what Victor is doing. Now, Victor may know his short game was bad, by just the amount of times he wasn't going to and down and the and the emotion that was putting into him. But also the stats would have helped him with this. So I think that's definitely worth looking at. But if you don't keep stats, my advice would be maybe, and this is, this is a bit of a, a, an interesting one, it'd be interesting to get your take on this Andy is, ask your friends that you play golf with, Now, be be very careful how you ask this question, because if you say to your friends, what's wrong with my game? They may say, oh, at the top of your backswing, your left arm's bending and you're bending and you're 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 lifting your head up early. That's not what we're asking. Say to your playing partners, what parts of the game, so chipping, putting, driving, do you think that I could be better at? And you'd be surprised. I think they may give you a, a pretty honest answer because they'll know themselves whether they think that you, Dave, are a good chipper or not based on what you do when you play. And you might not realize that yourself. Yeah. So it's, it's sometimes asking your playing partners, what game, what part of the game you could be better at is good. Don't really go too much into the golf swing game. Yeah.
0: And ask them what your strength is as well.
1: Yes, of course. Because you might not know what your strength is. Yeah.
0: And I think that's a really important part to go. oh, They think I'm pretty good at iron play. Okay, I mm. must be pretty good at iron play. And often we don't necessarily know because we're the wrong person to judge you. So I think it's a really good point. Ask your friends what your strength is and what area you think you really need improvements. And I think that's a great way of doing it because your friends will probably know better than you, but don't get into a technical, technical uh, discussion with them because they're just <laughs> going, that is not the place to go. Um, so look, there's five things, quick recap on the five things. Think about next time you go out, how you can react after your shots. Think about Victor Hovland, how he smiles, change your physiology, change the wording that you say. It's be intentional,
1: be intentional on that as well. Definitely.
0: Move more in the golf swing, but move better. Take a look at his leg work. You can certainly look at his leg work and, uh, and improve that. Most golfers that we see struggle with the hip turn. Here's a great example of how to work the hips better in the back swing. Take a look at the club face in the swing. If you've got some issues with direction, don't automatically go to swing plane and big body parts. Look at what the club face is doing. If you can get the club face in a good position in the golf swing, a lot of things take care of themselves. Um, Fourth one, commit. Commit to the shot. Once you've got all the information, as Pierre said, your pre-shot routine is a big part of that. Make sure that's good. Once you've got all the information, you've made your decision, get up there, J, F, H, I, just commit and hit it and see what happens from there and assess from there. And then, last but not least, find out the area you need to improve on and structure your practice accordingly that you know will make a big difference in your game.
1: It probably will be short game as well. By the way, <laughs> for yeah. the majority of people, if you yeah. can improve that a little bit, you can see some big gains. Definitely, on that. when it comes one, to scoring. What one, one thing I'm really looking forward to is actually spending some time with Victor in a work, you know, capacity and actually asking some of these questions, so you yeah. can actually find out. Well, you know, what did you look at on YouTube, and you know, what was the big thing that really helped you with your short game? Why are you so happy? Yeah. You know, sometimes you find that they're. You know they, they had a a, a a momentous moment in their life, which meant oh I, maybe I should be a little bit more happier now.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm sure Matt Wolf is uh, is on the long lines of that now, enjoying mm. himself a bit more. Indeed. indeed. Guys, I hope that was uh, useful. Five things that you can learn from Victor Hobland. Um, I think he's a great guy. Definitely one to watch for the future. If you enjoyed this, then make sure you screenshot this, tag us in over on Instagram. And also, if you enjoy the podcast, let us know. If you could leave us a rating or review over on iTunes, it would be really appreciated and we look forward to speaking to you next week. Thanks for watching, guys, and thanks for listening. See you soon. See you later. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you found some great value in it. And if you did, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. Also, let us know your feedback by leaving us a rating or review over on iTunes. And remember, if you want to go deeper and really improve your game, head over to meandmygolf.com and start your free trial and check out one of the many plans that are seeing incredible results. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to speaking to you next week.